Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. Okay, you're good. You're ready? Yep. All right, Mike, here we go. The question for this week, loud noises freak my dog out. Is this a problem? What should I do? Well, yeah, I think it kind of is a problem uh, because, you know, dogs that are jumpy and spooky around loud noises are going to be jumpy and spooky around other things. And also little toddlers and infants make lots of strange loud noises from crying and throwing things around to, you know, who knows what. So, yeah. So any kind of just sudden sort of jumpy phobias are something that we want to deal with right away. So, Mm. you know, the way to approach this is to, first of all, figure out what noises in particular do it. You know, for some dogs, it's the sound of a little key, you know, a jingling of dog tags outside in the street makes them crazy because they know there's another dog out there. Or um, uh, some dogs, it's firecrackers on, you know, 4th of July. So the first thing to do is yeah. make an inventory of the things that bother your dog. And then really the only way to deal with anxiety in a systematic way is through a process called systematic desensitizing. And what that basically mm-hmm. means is that you have to systematically get the dog used to the offending stimulus by pairing it with something that the dog really likes and in which the offending stimulus is at a low enough intensity that it doesn't totally freak the dog out. In other words, so just a practical example, the dog is afraid of, um, uh, I don't know, the buses that go by, you know, they make a rattling sound when when they go by. So then the thing to do would be to to find a way. I mean, in a perfect world, you can record the noise or you can spend time near it. So if it's the bus going by, maybe you stand outside near where the bus is, you know, when when, when the bus comes by, stand out there. Now, you want to be at a distance where the dog is not so close that it's going to completely overwhelm him and throw him into a panic because there's no learning when the dog is in a panic. So so maybe maybe the dog has to be 30, 40 feet away. And then when the dog when the bus starts to approach and you know that the dog is aware of the presence of the bus, you start to focus him on you with, you know, ask him to do a sit and then, you know, killer treat, steak, chicken, cheese. Um, and as long as the dog is aware of the offending stimulus to produce a pile of treats and some, you know, and something that they're comfortable doing like a sit. And then, yeah. you know, you do that a bunch of times and then slowly over time, as the dog gets used to that level of intensity, you, um, you start to move a little closer and then a little closer and then a little closer. Anytime you see the dog start to, you know, you realize you've gone a little too far, it's too much. You want to back up a little bit um, to a lower level of intensity that he can handle and, you know, and keep working it like that. And it, you know, I mean, that's basically what systematic desensitizing is. And then other contexts mean you use that same approach in different ways, but that's the basic approach to couple an offending, you know, a couple an offending stimulus at a low enough level something really good that the dog loves so the dog can get used to the offending stimulus at a low level 
associate it with the positive thing and then start building up the tolerance level. That is, you know, that's mm. basically the approach. And it's time consuming yeah. and difficult. Um, yeah. You, one thing that helps that I often tell people to do is to use their, you know, if they have a smartphone, to use their phone to record offending sound. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, you make up a sound, uh, you know, car is backfiring. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, I don't know, whatever it is. But if you can get a Someone knocking on the, yeah. Someone knocking on the door. Yeah. So those kind of things. So you record about a minute worth at five second increments of that. Okay. And then you can start by, for example, if, let's say it's the knock on the door. You can play that around the house and teach the dog when that not when when it hears that knock from the phone, it gets a treat. You start by coupling mm. it that way. You just um, sit next to the dog, turn the phone on low till they, you know, like I said, so they can hear it, uh, but it's not like blowing their mind. And every time they hear that knock, right. knock, knock, treat, knock, 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 treat, knock, 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 treat, and you establish that. Now, it wouldn't take that long. It would take a few minutes to do that. Then you can turn the phone up and go to a certain distance away from the dog, play it, and say, come, and have the dog come to you, give him a treat. Start teaching the dog that the knock, knock, knock coming out of your phone means that if I come to mommy or daddy, that I'll get a treat, right? So you're starting to recondition what the sound means and to connect mm. it to something positive. Uh, yeah. So you can, you can do that a bunch. And then I just did this recently. In fact, we put up a blog post about it with the Sonos system. You know, Sonos is one of those systems where you can control from your phone where and which speaker in the house the sound comes out of. So, yes. um, you know, I had this guy with a dog who was afraid of baby noises. And so we downloaded a bunch of baby sounds from the internet, uh, put them on his phone, and then started, did basically this process I just described, play it a little bit, give him a treat. Within about 10 minutes, the dog learned that if you hear the baby sound coming out of the phone, you come to mommy, get a treat. We picked that up real fast. Then we started mm -hmm. playing it from different speakers in the house, you know, that was controlled from the phone. So we were in the kitchen. Then he said it so that the crying baby sound would come from the back bedroom. And when it did, the dog would come running to us for a treat. So we basically, over the course of about an hour, conditioned the dog that whenever it heard baby sounds coming from anywhere in the house, it would come to mommy or daddy for a treat. And um, also wow. start, yeah, started to have a completely new set of associations with what happens when those noises come around, right? So you can adapt yeah, that principle to anything. Yeah. Well, I like one thing I like about that one is you turn the dog into like an early warning device for <laughs> if your baby's crying. No, exactly. No, it has a lot of benefits. But the dog got, you know, his phobia. I mean, they had to do this to really get the dog over it, create a knee-jerk response in the way that we wanted. It took a few weeks, and it takes yeah. takes time. Systematic desensitizing almost always takes some time and patience, which is you know, which is another reason why I tell people if you're having a baby, start early because these things. Take yeah. Time. You know? Well, you're you're yeah, you're creating a new habit, and it takes a little while for the brain to get rewired through the repetition of that routine. Correct, exactly. And uh, you know, then you just take that template of that particular approach, and you can apply it to anything uh, with noises. You know, again, the uh, yeah, the fireworks and things like that, explosions are really a big thing. And I'm sure you can go online, and they have pre-recorded sounds just for this purpose. And I'm sure they're like three bucks for a download or something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, and then you can just start start playing with that. Um, I have a I have a question around this. Is it always? I mean, I don't currently have a dog, but did, is it always obvious when 
like how do you know your dog is freaked out? This might be a dumb question, but how, what are the signs that your dog is freaked out by a, a sudden or a loud noise? Oh, you'll know it. You know, okay. they'll, they'll jump, they'll cower, they'll run, try to hide, they'll shake and shiver. Like my dog just recently, I got to have to do something. This is my own little dog because he started shaking and shivering for some reason when the dishwasher goes on. So, somehow, for some reason, he's decided that's the scariest thing in the world. So yeah. um, I, I've got to start doing this kind of stuff. Turn on the dishwasher, get out a pile of treats. I mean, here, because the dishwasher is a fixed thing, I'd approach it a little differently. You know, so I would t- I'll turn it on and start on the other side of the room. You know, my dog is very food motivated, so I'll start having him do sits and down little tricks and things that he's comfortable with and knows that produce a big reward and mm. just start doing it, you know, with really high, high, high intensity treats um, and rewards like grilled chicken or meat of some kind and get closer and closer and closer to the dishwasher while it's happening. And then as soon as we're yeah. done with the exercise, turn off the dishwasher so that, they're, that the, both the noise and the goodies stop simultaneously. Yeah. Huh. Right. Okay. So this, and what about, so for example, when there's a thunderstorm, uh, so my parents have two Wheaton Terriers and whenever there's a thunderstorm, they put these, uh, these kind of jackets on the dogs, like yeah. thunder shirts. Thunder You've shirts, talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. They yeah actually and, were, you know, the first it, time I saw those things, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I ever saw. And then I saw a few clients yeah. use them, and they were, I was wrong. They, they actually work really well for some yeah. dogs. You know, they're not the perfect solution for every dog, but they certainly help. And, you know, that brings up an interesting point in that, um, you know, systematic desensitizing is a training methodology. There are other things that can help with anxiety that are more like this, like a thunder shirt, something that you just, they don't teach the dog anything. They just help the dog feel more at ease. Um, yeah. A thunder shirt, definitely. They also sell this thing called Adaptil. That's like the word adapt with an IL on the end. And what it is is yeah. a synthetic hormone that, that mimics the scent of, of a lactating mother's milk uh, for dogs. Mm. And it has a calming mm. effect. Um, mm. You know, another thing in that category is, and, you know, don't laugh, but look, I live in California. Marijuana is legal here. So they have, um, they have dog treats out now with CBDs, which is, stands for cannabinoids. And that's the part of the marijuana plant that makes people calmer, you know, helps with anxiety, but yeah. doesn't, doesn't especially get you high or anything like that. That's the THC. And so now mm. they have CBD um, treats, dog treats, to help with anxiety that you can mm. get. And I, don't, I don't know if this varies from state to state, depending on what the laws are, but I know out here yeah. in California, you can get CBD treats. And also, if you go to a dispensary, you can get tinctures. And, you know, if you Got had to it. choose between the two, if you have, if you have tinctures available, get tinctures because they're, they're more pharmaceutically precise in terms of, you know, exactly what you're giving your dog when you give them, say, half a drop or something like that. Right, right. Um, with the treats, I don't really know, you know how much is in those things. You can dose it properly. Yeah. I'm just seeing if like, they have CBT treats on Amazon. Oh, they probably do. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the the first thing that comes up is, uh, uh, it's a bunch of stuff around cognitive behavioral therapy. So CBT is being interpreted by Google in a different way. CBD. Uh, oh, CBD. CBD. Not yeah, not T. CBD. 
All right, hold on. Everybody, we'll get an answer for you here. Is it available on Amazon? One, two, three. Uh, it looks like it's, well, it is available online. There's like a lot of places where it's, uh, there's a, something called Canna Pet. Yeah, there's, um, it's, in, become, it's become more, much more widespread in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Hemp Health, Daily Infographic, RxCBD. Yeah, so, and then there's yeah. a bunch of dog sites that look like they have it too. So, yeah. everyone, so you can get that online. Yeah, that's a good one. And then also there's a product that's been around for years called Rescue Remedy, which is this kind of homeopathic oh, yeah. tincture that can help with anxiety. So all of these things fall into the category of do no harm. May or may not help, but do no harm and are relatively inexpensive. So if you've got a dog with you know real kind of phobic anxiety type issues, whether it's noise or anything else, uh, these things can be helpful. Again, they don't teach the dog anything. They just help manage its state of mind a little bit. Got it. Well, that's great. So, and Mike, can you just speak a little bit? But so I think, unless there's anything you want to add, I think we're going to wrap up here. But so you, uh, in in addressing this question, you talked a lot about systematic desensitization. That is something we've talked in, about on previous episodes of the podcast, everybody. And also, there's quite a bit about it on Mike's website, gooddoghappybaby.com, and. Probably, I'm imagining. Don't you have a, an in-depth session se- section yeah. on it at, on doggonegood.org? Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Not on doggonegood.org, but I was going to say there's a lot of in-depth information with the two video courses, the Good Dog Happy Baby video courses. A lot of the yeah, so was, um, revolves around systematic desensitizing. I was, I was, I was setting you up for that, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, you, you swang early at the ball. I did. So I yeah, did. But, well, but yeah. Can you just say, all right, you cut to the chase. Yeah. So can you just say a little bit about that, Mike, how, how the course actually addresses this and leads people really step-by-step step through the process of systematic desensitizing sure. with their dogs? Sure. Well, in the courses, we more or less use it in relation to dogs that are sensitive to being touched or uh, in various ways, and also just dogs that are generally afraid of children. Um, there's a nice little additional clip that's module one that is got a giant, like a 90 pound pit bull who cannot get his nails clipped without being anesthetized because he's so afraid of getting his nails clipped, he'll bite. And um, I, I was there shooting this thing and some other stuff with this guy, and he told me about that. And I had the camera guys there, so I said, you know, let's just give it a try. So we did about 30, 40 minutes of desensitizing with him, and I clipped all his nails by the end of 30, 40 minutes. And everybody was like blown away. But it was a really cool, I mean, it's not 30, 40 yeah. minutes on the video, maybe 10 minutes. But um, but uh, it was really cool to see how with just a little bit of persistence and patience, you can actually get quite a ways pretty quickly. Yeah. So And then, and then there's a lot of other stuff around systematic desensitizing. Again, the primary thing in the context of the, the e-course modules is about preparing a dog for childlike handling and the presence of children in the first place if you're afraid of dogs. I mean, of children. In relationship to that, um, and, and I know we're about to wrap up here, everybody, but just bringing it back to the context at hand, being the expecting parents or, or parents whose, whose infant is approaching the toddler stage, how would you say, like, the fact that loud, sudden noises freak the dog out. You met, you just alluded to it very briefly in the beginning, but again, can you say why that's important for someone 
who's preparing their dog for the arrival of their child? Well, yeah, because the thing is, loud, sudden noises are unpredictable and seemingly out of nowhere. So that's part of what the scare factor is. And kids, little kids, do all kinds of things that are unpredictable and seemingly out of nowhere. So uh, my concern is that a dog who's noise sensitive is not just going to be sensitive to the noises that a child makes, but all the other unpredictable stuff that goes with it, especially as they become six months, eight months, 12 months. They start throwing things around, kicking things over, you know, having little hissy fits and temper tantrums and tripping and falling and spilling a glass of water off the table and stuff like that. You know, if you've got a dog that's nervous around sudden noises, the child is going to be the source of a ton of that kind of weirdness. And it'll just, it could just really make the dog afraid of the kid because the kid is the source of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I guess potentially the dog could lash out in fear. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The, the primary driver of aggression is fear. It's not the only driver, but I'd say just a kind of rough sketch of 70% of behavior issues are dealing, you know, having to do with aggression are somehow rooted in fear. It might be higher than that, but it's not. It's probably, probably, that's probably universally too. I'm sure that's related to to us humans too. Without, Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. When you're afraid, you go into fight or flight. If you're cornered and you can't sleep, then you're going to fight. Yeah, and if you're anxious, you tend to be like uh, defensive, or yeah, you 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 sometimes act unconsciously to protect yourself. Well, you you do no, and there's a really good physiological reason for that is because the parts of the brain that have to do with fear uh, are inversely correlated with the parts of the brain that have to do with cognition. So, um, yeah, so it shuts down the, your cognition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and we all. We all have that in our own experience. If we've ever been afraid, nervous, anxious, uh, the, the more, the higher that is, the less you're capable of functioning on a cognitive level, learning, and never mind learning something new, but even just doing basic day-to-day tasks, you know. Yeah. Um, it just becomes increasingly difficult because the, the brain areas are literally, as one turns on, the other turns off. Yeah. All right. Well, so good. You've really provided a bit of a, a roadmap here for people who... whose dogs have this issue. Everyone, I encourage you to go to gooddoghappybaby.com. Check out the resources that Mike talked about and mentioned today. There's the course. There's some videos on the website, on the blog that you can check out, which are instructive. They cover some examples of systematic desensitizing. Um, You can also get Mike's book, Good Dog, Happy Baby. And... um, great so tune in for the next episode oh yeah and if you enjoy the show please do us a favor give us a rating and a review on itunes that helps other uh dog owners and expecting parents find the show there's there's really nothing actually that that's that's um that helps us more in that way than leaving a, a rating and a review on itunes so if you're enjoying the show, if you're getting any anything from it, please, please leave us a rating and review. And great. We'll see you next time. Mike, thanks so much for uh, leading the way today. Hey, thank you so much for um, taking the time to interview me. Great. Okay, bye, everybody.